You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up? This is Robert Ory. You might know me as Big Shot Bob, and I want you to check out my new podcast, The Big Shot Bob Pod. We'll always be talking hoops, football, sports, and I'm going to bring you some big guests like Lakers legend Shaquille O'Neal in our premiere episode. I know I didn't come in. Training camp the best of shape, but well, well you I'm, did one time. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, 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 well. Subscribe now to the Big Shot Bob Pod on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. On Tuesday, November 27th, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau, and me, Jay Zawaski, at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood for our Puck Cancer fundraiser and watch party as the Blackhawks take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Tickets are $10, and all proceeds go to the family of Meredith Garcia. Meredith lost her battle with cancer in May, and her family needs our help. Every ticket is an entry into our grand prize raffle, which includes Blackhawks tickets and a signed jersey. Go to madhousepod.com events to purchase tickets. That's madhousepod.com events. We'll see you at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood on November 27th. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and by... Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into yet another edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I am James Naveau from NBC Chicago, and with me on this crazy, crazy news day for the Blackhawks is Homewood's pride and joy, 
Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. We are coming to you less than 24 hours after we recorded our last full podcast. We talked about a lot of different things, and we broached the topic yesterday of potential candidates to replace Joel Quenville in the what we didn't think was imminent event that the team would fire him. They proceeded to fire him this morning, and to the surprise of not many people, they ended up hiring Jeremy Colleton as the 38th uh, head coach in Blackhawks history. Jay, I've already done an emergency podcast today and kind of gave some of my initial thoughts on uh, what happened today and where the organization goes from here. So before we start delving too much further into this podcast, I did want to give you an opportunity to kind of give your first thoughts on what you were thinking when you heard this uh, news today that Joel Quinville is out after more than 10 years with the team. Yeah, and thank you for doing that emergency podcast, by the way. I think it's a good time for us as we're doing our third podcast in less than 24 hours to mention our Patreon site and our GoFundMe page. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, patreon.com slash madhousepod or or gofundme.com slash madhousepod. What a time to donate as James and I grind away to give you all the content we can, but we appreciate you listening. That's more than enough. Just listening is enough, but yeah, um, not a huge shock in the fact that they moved on from Joel Quenville. This is something that you and I have speculated about for a long time. The possibility of this happening, who would it be if it did happen? It wasn't Fred Hoiberg, to my dismay. If you missed <laughs> yesterday's podcast, it would make a little less sense to you there. But um, look, Kaladin's the guy. Not a surprise. I'm actually kind of excited to see what Kaladin's going to bring to the Blackhawks. I like what I've heard about him so far. Up-tempo, high energy. I think they're going to play a little more physically than we're used to seeing them play. And Scott Powers had a really nice piece in The Athletic today, as he always does, sort of detailing uh, Cowden's system. And one thing that he mentioned that I really liked is he has the defense pressure the forwards in the neutral or offensive zone. So he instead of having the defenseman fall back while the other team's attacking, the defenseman attack the attackers and try to get the puck back. Very interested to see what that's going to look like. But before we get to Cowden, and how the Hawks are going to look different. The longer this has gone on, the more time I've had to think about this, the more I don't, it just feels slimy. And, you know, for all the nice things they said about Joel Quinville at today's press conference, I think he deserved better. I think he deserved a better fate. I think he deserved a better exit. Um, the whole Barry Smith thing feels like kind of a slap in the face. And, and I'm probably reading too much into it, but if you look back at 2012, uh, they put Barry Smith on the ice to help, air quotes, Joel Quenville with the power play. And Q basically said, get this guy out of here or I'm quitting. Uh, and they did. I just, I don't know, man. It just smacks as, ugh, it's just kind of icky today. And again, I don't have a problem with them firing him. I just, the way it was done, uh, just sort of, you know, it seems very sudden. And if they wanted to move on from Joel Quenville as badly as it seems like they did, why not just do it in the offseason? That's what I don't get. Why drag him along for 14, 15 games? I don't know. Why not just start fresh uh, at the start of this year? They had every opportunity to do it. They could have done it easily. I, I don't know why they waited. Yeah, I, you're echoing the sentiments of uh, quite a few people by saying that you feel like Joel Quenville kind of got done wrong, getting fired You know, less than a quarter of the way into the season. I feel like... The Blackhawks owed it to him after a decade at the helm to 
make this decision in the off season when I think it would have been easier to kind of transition to a new system, do whatever it was that you had to do. But I, I, I just, I get the sense that Stan Bowman wanted to have this kind of ace in the hole in case the Blackhawks got off to a slow start. He wanted to be able to have this motivational tool, this, thing to kickstart the Blackhawks, this thing to go, hey, you know, I've got a new coach that's trying to learn on the fly. I need some more time to get this, you know, set up for him. He needs more time to get used to the way that we do things at the NHL level, what have you. Mm -hmm. I I think that Stan Bowman, it was kind of a double-edged thing where he wanted to have, you know, this opportunity to bring in a new guy who could still potentially spark this team towards a playoff berth if he genuinely believes that this incarnation of the Blackhawks can get to the postseason. But I also think that he wanted to kind of have that built-in excuse if, like, they're coming to the end of the year and Rocky Wirtz and John McDonough are going, okay, why should we keep you? And he can say, well, I've got this young coach who can work wonders with an offense. I've got these young kids that are going to be coming up through the system in the next year or two, and Jeremy Colleton can work with them. And I basically articulated, not to be too self-promotional or whatever, but I articulated both of those viewpoints in a piece I wrote today for uh, the Madhouse Enforcer blog and NBC Chicago. And I just, I really think that there was a lot that went into this decision for Stan Bowman. And I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, Jay, but I sensed an element of self-preservation kind of getting in the way of some of the more immediate stuff that Stan Bowman would hope that this uh, firing would help accomplish. Uh, There's definitely an element to that. I think anytime a coach is fired in any sport, that's part of it is, okay, well, this is, this is it. Now the GM has his guy. And, and John McDonough said that John McDonough went out of his way to say, Stan Bowman has never hired a head coach before. This is the first head coach Stan Bowman's hiring. And typically when a new coach is hired, that gives a GM what you'd say about two years unless things go tragically wrong horrifically wrong Mark Trestman style yeah. wrong you know you usually buy yourself two years with the move so maybe yeah maybe Stan was feeling that urgency of oh my god this roster sucks I got maybe I have to get ahead of this and fire Q and buy myself some more time to fix these mistakes the thing here but here's a disconnect with me excuse me and I can't get a straight answer on this from any of the sources I ask who wanted Manning and Kunitz was it Quenville was it Bowman because to me that makes a big difference if 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 those moves were Stan Bowman appeasing Quenville's want for a veteran forward and a stay-at-home defenseman fine but if they were Bowman moves that to me is really troubling right like I I could see like okay Q like you're on the hot seat you say you need these things I'm going to give them to you but I'm not going to give you good versions of what you want Oh, you said you wanted a veteran forward and a stay-at-home defenseman? Here's Chris Kunitz and Brandon Manning. By definition, I gave you what you wanted, right? Here's Andrew Burnett and Sean O'Donnell. Exactly. Exactly right. So, I don't know. Until I have clarity on who wanted those players, uh, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense to me. I just, I don't know, man. Just reflecting on everything today, I was was getting upset. And I've gotten, you know... Uh, I've been called a Stan Bowman apologist on this show. I've been called a Joel Quenville hater on the show, but I'm going to say it flat out. If you asked me this morning to, before the move was made, who on November 6, 2018 deserves to be fired? 
Joel Quenville or Stan Bowman, I would have said Stan. And your, I think your stance is being echoed by a lot of people. And frankly, I'm surprised by how vocal some of the uh, beat writers have been with this. Chris Cook, who was here forever and is now covering the Washington Capitals for the Athletics, said that uh, Joel Quenville deserved better than this. Rick Morrissey over at the, he writes for the Sun, the Tribune, right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can never remember where he does his column, but he said that Joel Quenville got jobbed. Mark Lazarus of The Athletic also said the same thing, and he's been around this team for a while. He said that Joel Quenville got the short end of the stick here. And if you just if you look at the body of evidence of the moves that Stan Bowman has made and the position that they're in right now, it's pretty clear to me that he gave Joel Quenville a stack of stale saltine crackers and a can of Spam and asked him to make a gourmet dinner. Well, two things. Uh, sorry, uh, two things I want to address before I forget. Those names you mentioned, uh, with the exception exception of Cook, these are all guys: Lazarus, Morrissey, um, the other one you mentioned. They're all local guys that are still covering the team that have been critical of this move. Okay, so you know that maybe if you're going to be suspicious of the media, which people are now. Um, you would say, oh, you know, they're just trying to protect themselves. They're doing the opposite. They're attacking the guys that are still employed. They have nothing to lose by standing up for Stan Bowman right now. They have things to lose by sticking up for Quenville. And when you see all those guys who covered those teams and were behind the scenes for that long, that should tell you something. And I think that's a big part of why I don't feel great about this firing. Again, I'm on board with Kaladin. I'm excited to see what he can do. I do think it was probably time for a new message in the locker room. I do, I do, I do. I believe all that. But the no, way you it, believed it was more of a time for a new message in the locker room back in May when they should have fired him in the offseason. Right. The timing waiting for the middle of a year to fire him in this kind of way. The timing sucks. I feel like he was sabotaged with a crap roster. And here's to me what's going to be the telling thing. If Stan Bowman all of a sudden starts to upgrade this roster or maybe starts to call up some of the young players that weren't here to start the year that we know are going to be effective NHLers like Dylan Secura and to a lesser extent Victor Edsel, two guys we were surprised didn't make the team out of camp. If all mm-hmm. of a sudden they come up and they contribute, I I do. It feels like a screw job, and I don't want to be a conspiracy guy. I really don't. But it it has that feeling when you hear writers and players and 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 people around the team react that way. There's got to be an element of truth to it. It's not all just like I'm mad or I'm shocked. These guys are there every day. And you heard not just the writers, Brent Sopel today on the score, Daniel Carcillo today on the score uh, saying like this sucks. He got screwed. And the media around the country is like, what the hell? Who fires Joel Quenville? Right. I know that's a little bit out of town stupid, but the consensus around the league from everyone from fans to media is it probably should have been Bowman. It's unbelievable, basically, how uniform it was, especially in the press corps around the Blackhawks. Like you said, it's not like Joel Quenville is best best friends with everyone. It's not like he's going out to dinner and giving all these like quotes and stories to these guys. His relationship with the media was pretty tepid at best. It wasn't like, you know, they were not best friends with him. And yet to a man and woman, Basically, everybody that covers the Blackhawks is questioning this move publicly and kind of going, why is Stan getting a pass on this? It just doesn't 
ultimately at the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense that he gets to kind of pick the new guy and he gets to, you know, move this team forward. And I think the thing that keeps getting, it's not getting overlooked by like ex players and it hasn't been overlooked by you because you mentioned it earlier. I just, I hate the, the look, the, the look of this idea that Barry Smith is going to be on the bench next to Jeremy Colladin. It's like, he's going to have, a freaking spy for the Bowmans there watching him every step of the way. And it just, it feels like a straight up power play by the Bowmans to go, this is our team. We do what we want, yada, yada. And then if Jeremy Colladin starts to kind of get out of line, he's got Barry Smith there to kind of goose him back onto the path that the Bowmans want him to be on. I just, I hate the optics of that, man. Like having him be around, especially after the rift that he had with Glenville, like you said earlier, I just, it feels like a, slap in the face to Joel's legacy, just like the timing of this and everything else involved with it. Well, I wrote about the Barry Smith thing in 2012, and I thought it was a slap in the face to Quenville then. Yes, the power play was in desperate need of help, and they were having a bad year, but to bring down this like guy from on high, like, oh, fix your problems, like, get bent. Like, fire me or don't, right? But don't insult me by bringing this guy down. And the fact that he was named, I mean, look, if he's going to be insistent, he's got to be named, but it just... It just felt slimy to me, and and here's my concern, too. If Jeremy Cowden is your guy, then he's your guy. Let him be the coach. Let him make the decisions. You said it. If Barry Smith is a spy for the Bowmans, or if he's a guy who's going to be like, mm, here's what he's doing, I'm not sure it's the right thing to do, and Stan and Scotty are going to be, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, let's make changes, whatever, I, I hate that. I get the need for a young first-time NHL coach with not a ton of head coaching experience under his belt anyway, maybe getting some guidance from a guy who's been around a little bit. I get that. I get Coach X in that role, right? But not Barry Smith. To me, that is too – it's got too much Bowman stink on it, and I don't like it. And what I found out today uh, from numerous sources was that Scotty is way more involved than we think. He is part of the day-to-day, everyday operations of the team. And look, Scotty Bowman is a hockey genius. He's forgotten more about hockey today than I'll ever know in my entire life. But the nepotism with him and Stan and now, like, Scotty's best friend, Barry Smith, this would be the same thing if, you know, in 10 years, the St. Louis Blues hire Joel Quenville as their advisor, and he brings in Mike Kitchen to assist the new head coach, right? It's just because it's that guy, because it's the right-hand man, it just feels slimy. It's it's pretty unbelievable that like they have done all this stuff with Barry Smith, and it caused such a rift in the organization when this happened in 2012, and now it's just like, oh, they're going to trot him back out, like everyone is just supposed to forget about that. Like, I think Jer- I think there's plenty to be optimistic about when it comes to Jeremy Colleton and what he's going to do with the Blackhawks, but at worst, it's a bad look to just stick Barry Smith on the bench with him. And, like, there could be other factors at play as well that make it even worse, but it's just like, ugh, I hate that too. I totally agree with you on that. All right, well, now that we've reacted... To the news of the day, we've gotten our feelings out of the way. Let's take a quick timeout, and we will come back and discuss our feelings about Jeremy Colladin. Let's just talk about the new head coach. Let's talk about the man himself and what we expect going forward. The first segment of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Triple Threat is the place to go to outfit your 
team, your beer league, your softball team, you need uniforms, you need logos, you need hats, whatever, Triple Threat Sports is the place to go. Email chris at triplethreatsports.com or visit triplethreatsports.com. Again, 708-478-6090. We'll be back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average savings by new customer surveyed who saved in 2019. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports Update was brought to you by Progressive. Drivers who switch to Progressive can save an average of $668. What up? This is Robert Ory. You might know me as Big Shot Bob, and I want you to check out my new podcast, The Big Shot Bob Pod. We'll always be talking hoops, football, sports, and I'm going to bring you some big guests like Lakers legend Shaquille O'Neal in our premiere episode. I know I didn't come in trying to count the best of shape, but... Well, well you I'm, did one time. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, 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 well. Subscribe now to the Big Shot Bob Pod on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. This is Jay Zawoski. With me is my partner in crime, James Naveau from NBC Chicago. Joel Quenville is no longer the Blackhawks head coach. Jeremy Cowden is the new head coach, the former Rockford coach. Uh, we're going to get to him in a little bit, but first we want to tell you about our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street, our longtime sponsor. You want to get the best portable you've ever had, go out to Marishka's, but literally everything there is delicious. We always talk about the Icelandic cod, the chops, everything's made in-house. One of the best salads I've ever had there. Believe it or not, I've ordered a salad in my life, surprising to many, but I did do it one time. It was at Marishka's and it was delightful. Go there, check out their craft beer selection, which is top-notch as well. 604 Theater Street. Go to marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go visit them and visit madhousepod.com slash sponsors for links to all of our advertising friends. All of, all of our good pals that we've been shouting out, it seems like, every single moment of the last two days, man. What a, <laughs> a just crazy, crazy time this has been, right? It's really been nuts, and I, I did not – so we're sitting there. It's funny. I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit. So we're si- every morning before Bernstein and McKnight go on here, we meet with Mitch Rosen at 8 a.m. We talk about the day's stories. So, so the big plan was to spend most of the day – where we weren't doing our typical football guest talking about Joe Madden being a lame duck manager. We had all these plans to play back the audio from our interview with his agent, Alan Nero, a couple months ago, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, Mitch Rosen, oh my God, Joe Quenville's been fired. And I had every emotion in the world at once of, oh my God, we have to redo the whole show. Oh my God, my day is going to be insane. Oh my God, I have to like somehow come up with thoughts on this by the time <laughs> we're on. It was just... 
I just, my mind, like, imagine having to, like, the main part of your job is interrupting from the passion part of your job. So I was not even able to, like, really formulate my thoughts on this until I was in the train on the way, in ho- on the way home. And that's when it really started rubbing on me. Anyway, apologies. Go ahead with your thoughts. <laughs> well, I, I have many, many thoughts today, but I feel like we need to, like, start first and foremost with just what exactly the Blackhawks are getting with Jeremy Colladin. It's like, obviously we can talk all we want about kind of our memories of Joel Quenville and the time that he's been in Chicago. And I, I promise you, we will get to that because I don't think we've allowed kind of like just strictly our fan perspective to talk yet. We've been mainly talking about what it means for the organization, what we think of the organization doing it. So I would say right now we stick to kind of what we're getting with uh, Jeremy Colladin, the guy that, has been kind of tabbed as the heir apparent to Joel Quenville since he got hired as the Rockford Icehogs head coach last year. Like he's a guy that, excuse me, has got like, obviously he's very young. He's 33 years old. So he's my age for God's sake. There are four players on the Blackhawks right now, including Corey Crawford, which I did not think about this, but apparently accurate that he is younger than, and it's just, it's kind of crazy to me that, He's going to be expected to kind of balance like having to coach like younger guys like Nick Schmaltz and Alex DeBrinkett and most likely guys like Dylan Sakura when they get called up. He's going to have to balance that with dealing with veterans like Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook and Jonathan Taves that have been around the block a lot of times with this team. It's fascinating to me that they would hire somebody so young when they're really not going to be able to do a full teardown rebuild and go strictly with younger guys. As John McDonough called it today, this is more of a remodel than a rebuild. So I find it very interesting that they're going with the young guy to deal with some of these other guys that have been around for so long. Yeah, and I think that uh, I didn't think it would be an issue. And then I was watching a video of Cowden on the ice for the first time, just thinking about, God, it must be so awkward. To like all of a sudden walk in. I wonder how many guys found out when they got to the rink that Joel Quenville was no longer the coach. You know what I mean? Um, I, I do know that winning solves everything and age won't matter if they buy into what Cowden is teaching. And look, a, a lot of people around hockey think that Cowden's going to be a really good coach. And they have a lot of faith that he knows what he's doing despite his age. He's a forward thinker. He's going to connect well with the younger players. And the older players are going to be inspired by a different and more aggressive system. So I'm not hugely concerned about his age in general. And I do think the Hawks have the kind of leadership and the kind of veteran players that they're not going to be the kind of guys that will push against it, right? They're not going to be the kind of guys that are going to be like, well, who do you think you are? You don't know anything. I'm Brent F and Seabrook or I'm Jonathan F and Taves. I don't get that vibe from those guys at all. There's nothing in their history as hockey players that would lead me to believe that they would sort of like, using air quotes here, rebel against Cowden because he's young or and or because he's replacing Joel Quenville. The thing that struck me about the veteran players today was how, like, to a man, they were personally blaming themselves. Like, yeah. pa- Patrick Kane goes, you know, oh, man, I wish I wasn't sick against Vancouver. Maybe we could have turned some things around. Like, he, he, he blamed himself for getting the flu and missing that game in Vancouver. I mean, not directly, but... These guys are feeling bad, like they let down Quenville. And you can't find anybody, former player, present player, whatever, 
to say a bad thing about Q or, you know, yeah, it was time to make a move or, yeah, I could see what they were thinking. Everybody from top to bottom has nothing but respect for Quenville. And um, that really stood out to me today. Another thing that stood out, though, in the press conference, the Hawks kept using the term communication, right? Uh, Jeremy Cowden's a good communicator. The two sources I spoke to today about Cowden as well used that ahead of a lot of the descriptors they used to describe him. That was an issue with Joel Quenville. A lot of times, despite what Stan Bowman said today, Stan Bowman like snapped at the reporter that asked him about that. It was an issue for Q. A lot of times, the players in the doghouse didn't really understand why they were in the doghouse or what they could do to get out of it. I When I talk to my, these players on these hockey night events that I've done for years, I always say like, okay, you know, let's say you have a bad game. What does what does Q say to you? How do you you know how do you know to get better? What's your relationship like? And almost all of them, in a non-critical way, but what they'd all say like, you know, we more deal with the assistants. They're kind of the ones that tell us what Joel's thinking. Um, like th- they say, like Joel's good for approaching on like big picture stuff, right? Like life stuff, or, or but as far as like on the ice sort of things go, they would always sort of rely on the assistants for that information. That's, I think, going to be a welcome change with Cowden, where guys will know where they stand all the time. That's really, really valuable to an athlete. I know even playing in high school when I played, knowing what the coach was thinking about me and about my game was the most helpful thing in the world. Yeah, and I think that it's kind of interesting the way everybody has described him to Jeremy Colladin today as this like communicator who is also a modern thinker and he's able to kind of look at things from a different perspective while still respecting the traditional perspective. And from everything that's been said, kind of cobbling everything together, it almost seems like he is kind of like the ultimate like transition type of coach the guy that's going to transition away from a very gritty old school defense first mentality that the Blackhawks had for so many years like shot suppression and blocking and all that stuff and now Jeremy Colladin's going to come in and go look like the way you win hockey games is to possess the puck and the way that you possess the puck is to go and get guys at the blue line instead of like having to kind of sit back and wait for them to start taking shots or moving the puck around the offensive zone. And it seems like that kind of aggressiveness more so than just a straight up discipline approach. Maybe that kind of helps the Blackhawks a little bit. Well, it certainly can't hurt. I mean, I think just there's always that sort of natural um, injection of life for the first handful of games when there's a new coach, but everything I've heard about the way, Cowden coaches and the way his system is has me kind of excited. I've been looking forward to a more aggressive, faster style of hockey. And I think the Hawks roster, even though the defense isn't as fast as it used to be, I think your forwards are very skilled and very fast. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how they're going to do in this new system. And, and I know there's been a lot of fans clamoring for maybe not being a physical team like, uh, you know, the Flyers teams of, of old, like the bullies, the Broad Street bullies, but finish a check. You know, like jar a puck away, win a board battle. That's something that I think has been sorely lacking for a while. And you, and it, we've talked about this guy a lot this year. I think that this is the sort of thing that can maybe reinvent or at least boost John Hayden's game a little bit. If he goes and plays a physical style, if it's more of a, a direct attacking style, that might benefit his game more rather than him trying to adapt to the East-West game that I've been critical of him for. Like, dude, that's not your game. Don't play that way. 
maybe he was being told to play that way. And maybe we'll see a different John Hayden with Jeremy Cowden here. Man, John Hayden had a lot of nice things to say about Joel Quenville, too, in his uh, reaction to it in the locker room after the game. I thought that John Hayden was very complimentary of Joel Quenville and said that Q told him that he had the potential to be great. And that's not something that you hear a lot of guys, like you said earlier, it's not like he was going out of his way to, you know, boost guys up in the locker room and like going and talking to guys individually. But John Hayden's definitely a guy that said Joel Quinville was very supportive of him. So I'm hoping that uh, Jeremy Colladin can kind of continue that with him. I think he is potentially an important player in that bottom six. They need him to step up his game in a big way. And, I think that ultimately that's what they want. They want a guy who's able to kind of communicate with the players, figure it, figure it out what exactly it is that they want, and just kind of go from there and get this team trending in the right direction in all sorts of areas. Most importantly, their area of their offense, which has been very lackluster lately, and it's something that Kaladin had a lot of success doing when he was with Rockford. Yeah, and when I one thing I liked about Kaladin during the presser too, and, and I am excited about maybe maybe – Maybe the power play will become effective after all these years. Maybe the, maybe the power play will actually work. And how big of a difference will that make if they have if they had just an average power play? How many more wins a season do you think they get? It's really remarkable when you think about it. But I was impressed by Cowden at the press conference. He had an air of confidence about him, like he knew what he was talking about. And seeing him talk sort of quelled my Barry Smith fears a little bit. I still don't love it. But that was a guy who answered questions directly. He didn't hem and haw a lot. He never looked nervous. He almost had like a very confident, um, I, I hesitate to call it a stare, but like a stare and a smile. Like when he was being asked a question, he would almost start to grin like he was excited to answer the question and knew he had a good answer for it. Um, I, I was very impressed by his polish for a guy his age. Um, I don't think he's quite as an enigmatic personality as Q was Q's mm-hmm. big and gregarious and funny and all those things and and Cowden himself described himself as kind of soft-spoken kind of behind the scenes and becoming real vocal has been a challenge for him something that he's had to work on since being a head coach but I, I am genuinely excited to see what he can bring this is kind of the guy who I was hoping the Hawks would hire when it became time maybe it's a little earlier than we expected but I, I am legitimately excited to see what Cowden can bring now my question to you is how soon until you think we could see like a tangible difference in the Blackhawks on the ice? You, you got to give it some time, man, especially if uh, Colladin is going to be installing new systems on the power play and even at even strength. I feel like that's something that takes a little bit of time to get used to. I don't think he's going to throw out the entire playbook right away. I mean, you are in the middle of the freaking season. So, I mean, you have to kind of give him a little bit of slack when it comes to that. But at the same time, I feel like that energy that you discussed, like kind of the energy of having a new coach and kind of like the infusion of new ideas into the mix, I feel like that will kind of help out with that too, like kind of ease the transition. I still say you have to give him at least 20 to 25 games to really kind of get his feet wet, get his system at least somewhat installed. Obviously, we're not going to have a full picture of Jeremy Colladin's chops as a coach or like his full playbook, I don't think, within that time frame. But it is enough time to kind of learn at least somewhat what he's about. And I think that being able to evaluate him for the rest of this season will be fair to him, especially considering how young a coach he is and, more importantly, 
I think the fact that the Blackhawks did not put an interim tag on him, they just straight up made him the guy. I feel like we, you do have to be play a little bit more of a long game with him as opposed to kind of making judgments within that first 15 to 20 to 25 game window. I agree with you. I just wonder how much patience Hawks fans are going to have. And we've seen how fragile this thing is with the availability of tickets to every game after they missed the playoffs one time in 10 years. People just bailed on the Hawks right away. So I wonder if they're even going to give Jeremy Cowden a fair chance, and if they do, um, what sort of leash he's going to have. Because I think for his good, they need to get off to at least uh, you know like a three and one, you know four and two start, uh, or fans are going to be really kind of pissed off about it. And it's sad, and they shouldn't be. But you know, we know that a lot of Hawks fans in town. I don't think the people that listen to this podcast, but I think a lot of people that would call themselves Hawks fans. Uh, are are furious about this and don't like it and don't really want to consider the other side of it or give Cowden a chance. The only way he's going to win over those people is by winning. Um, and I hope for his sake, he gets some of those wins out of the way early. Yeah. And I think it definitely, it, it's a matter of who he's replacing too. I feel like if he yeah. was replacing some schlub who, even if they had won like one Stanley cup, it would be like, okay, like it's a guy who had success, but it's time to move on. But it's Joel Quenville who, John McDonough did call the greatest coach in Blackhawks history today. So this is a guy that a lot of people have so closely identified with the Blackhawks over the last 10 to 11 years. It's honestly something that was going to be difficult for any head coach, but I would agree with you that I would hope that Blackhawks fans as a whole are going to be kind of patient with Jeremy Colladin because it is going to take some time for him to kind of find his groove. It's tough being a first-time NHL head coach. It's not something the Blackhawks have really had to deal with, you know, recently. Obviously, Dennis Savard, they had to deal with him being kind of a newbie, but he also had an incredibly long playing career and really kind of got what the NHL was all about. Jeremy Colladin played, what, 57 NHL games, I think, for the New York Islanders and has been an AHL coach for a year and a month, basically. So there are going to be some growing pains here, and I think Stan Bowman and company know that. I just hope fans can kind of keep that in mind, too, and kind of be give him a little bit of time. Like, I know it's not his fault that he's replacing Joel Glenville. You know, just give him a little bit of time and just show some patience here. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's 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 take our last time out of the show and come back with some final thoughts. Uh, I have a thought on Jeremy Kelton's success in Rockford that I want to share it's actually a thought of Chris Blocks, but I want to pass it on and just keep it in the back of your head, Hawks fans. But before we break, got to tell you about our friends at Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe. They've got locations in Burbank and Darien, the best barbecue, the best Cajun, the best Mexican. If you just want simple bar food, burgers, wings, whatever, Chuck's has you covered. Whatever you have a taste for, Chuck's has it. They've got the most impressive beer menu I've ever seen, always updating, always refreshing, Uh, Join their 120 beer club. You try all all 120 of the beers on the list and you uh, win a prize. I think your picture on the wall or a shirt or something. I don't know, but it's something cool. It's something worth doing. I'm not a big drinker myself, so I'll never get to the 120 mark, but I know a lot of our listeners are. And what better way to explain them listening to our podcast than the fact that they're heavy drinkers. So go check out chuckscafe.com, Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe, Burbank, Daring. We'll be back with more, including a cautionary note on Jeremy Cowden on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. 
is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Zimbabwe. The broken Bunsen burner burns so bright. South. Jamie. Southeast Asian Peninsula. Hey, hey, Jamie. Yes. I think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big. Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports update was brought to you by Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Wendy's new classic chicken sandwich is now in the two for five. And that's reason to celebrate. Try the new classic and then take your mouth on a victory lap with the iconic Dave's single, the delicious spicy chicken sandwich, spicy or crispy 10-piece nuggets, or just get another classic chicken sandwich. Taste greatness today with Wendy's two for five. We got you. For a limited time, a la carte only. Price and participation may vary in U.S. Wendy's. Welcome back into this special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where we've been talking about not only the tenure of Joel Quinville coming to an end with the Blackhawks, but also the beginning of what we hope is the Jeremy Colladin era. I mean, we use that word a lot, and I think that it's kind of crazy thinking that we haven't had to talk about a coaching change with this team in a decade, but here we are. So <laughs> before the break, Jay Zawoski did tease you with something that uh, Chris Block had discussed. Uh, Chris Block is an excellent Rockford Icehogs expert, really knows, has his finger on the pulse of that team. And he brought up something very interesting today that I had seen kind of floating around Twitter. And I'm going to let Jay share it with you beautiful, wonderful people. Yeah. So, of course, I just lost a tweet. So let me pull that up real quick. Uh, But uh, Jeremy Cowden has been getting a lot of credit for the great uh, finish to the season the Icehogs had. Uh, last season they went to the conference final they did very well so Chris Block points this out Stan Bowman gets a question regarding Rockford's playoff run and progression last season it should be noted the Blackhawks loaded up last year's Icehawks teams for a playoff run they had never done that for any Rockford coach before ever they wanted Jeremy Cowden to succeed they were a borderline playoff team before then so I went back and checked the roster here are the players that were on the Rockford Icehawks during the Calder Cup playoffs. David Kampf played the majority of the season with the Hawks. Lance Boma played the majority of the season with the Hawks. Jordan Tutu, obviously longtime NHL veteran. Andreas Martinson, a guy who's been an NHL player all season, hasn't played every game, but is on the big club now. John Hayden, another one with NHL time under his belt. Victor Edsel played some games for the Hawks last year before being sent down. Adam Clendenning was a journeyman AHL defenseman who was on the roster at the time. Gustav Forsling played a lot for the Hawks last year, a lot for the Ice Hawks. He was there as well. And Cody Franzen, longtime veteran NHL defenseman with playoff games and a lot of miles under his belt. All these guys were substantial players for the Rockford Ice Hawks in last year's Calder Cup playoffs. So I don't know how much – I'm not saying – they didn't send Jonathan Taves down. They didn't send Brandon Saad down for the Rockford playoff run. I'm not saying that, but they did get some help 
because of the Hawks' early exit, or not early exit, missing the playoffs completely, they got some help with some reserves they probably wouldn't have gotten in years past. So I think you got to give Cowden, you got to give it a little bit of a eh, side eye look when you give him, before you give him too much credit for how well Rockford did in the playoffs last year. I, I will agree to that in principle being real. It's true. Like they did give them quite a boost late in the season. But the one thing I do want to point out with that is that the Ice Hogs did have a remarkable surge from the a turnaround from the year before. I believe they scored 65 more goals last season than they had the previous season while allowing, I think it was like 12 fewer goals. A plus 77 goal differential difference is massive. Like this team obviously got a big surge going into the playoffs, and I believe they finished third or fourth in their division last year. So clearly that influx of talent helped them. But at the same time, I do still think that it is fair to give Jeremy Colladin credit for kind of the transition that that team made from an AHL kind of also ran to a legitimate contender for a Calder Cup last season. I do think that there does need to be that caveat added, but I also do think that he deserves some serious credit too. That just gave me an idea. And you and I have been talking about sort of amping up the guest output on the show um, from zero to a couple. <laughs> but uh, Zero to many. Yeah. Daniel Carcillo said he'd come on the podcast anytime we wanted him. Told me that today. But maybe we find one of those guys. Maybe we find Jordan Tutu or we find Cody Franz and we find Lance Boma and ask those veteran players what they thought of Jeremy Cowden's time in Rockford. That would be interesting. I would like to yeah, do that. I wonder I'd if they'd be, be game. interested to hear what a veteran NHLer thought of him. That is a great idea. Well, I'm going to do that, damn it. What do you think of that? Yeah, you do it. Do you have the technology to actually talk to him? Like a phone? <laughs> hey man, we've had issues getting guests on this show before and we've definitely blamed technology. So this is not a untoward thing for me to say. It's not like I'm blaming you. I know. I'm blaming the tech. <laughs> well, maybe this would be one of those ones where you meet me at the Score Studios, we sit in a studio and do it uh, all professional style. So it sounds great. That's something well, we should consider. We're going to have a big Navowski throwback. I'm in. Oh, how we'll get Dave Coulier and everything. Oh, yes. Cut it what, out. What a wonderful idea. Thanks. I'm glad I had it. All right. Well, that's going to do it. I think you got our raw but not uh, unfiltered uh, – not, not that we filtered our reaction, but I, I, I say this after the postgame show sometimes. It's a challenge to jump right on when news happens because you're reacting so in such a raw way that sometimes you don't have time to like really think about it and develop your thoughts. You just kind of react emotionally. I think the fact that we waited, we had to wait because of our schedules. Um, that was good. And I think we got out good, reasonable thoughts. We see the good, we see the bad. Uh, I just, long story short, I'm really impatient with Bowman. Now I've got to see big improvement with him. I'm optimistic about Cowton and I just wish Joel Quenville had had a better end to his Blackhawks tenure. There's no good way to fire a coach, but there's better ways than this, damn it. Yeah, and just all the things that Joel accomplished while he was here, I think that I speak for all Blackhawks fans when I am that I say that I am genuinely grateful that Joel was the guy that they chose to lead this team, this young team, and the ride that he helped to take this team on is one that obviously we as fans should Never forget, and I'll always be grateful that Joel was able to do the things that he did and to give Blackhawks fans the memories that they had. And I think that wherever 
wherever he goes from here, whether it's to a team like St. Louis or Edmonton, who could potentially look at that as a chance to upgrade their coaching search, or if he waits a little bit to see if a certain opportunity opens up, or even if he retires from hockey, I, th- I wish him luck in whatever he does in the future. And I have little doubt that he will find success elsewhere. And I'm, I'm really pulling for him. Me too. And I cannot wait to see the giant Q rafter go up at the United Center and hang there for the rest of eternity because it's deserved. And uh, just to echo your thoughts, thank you to Joel Quenville for his service to the city and to the team. If not for Joel Quenville, James and I are probably not doing what we're doing right now and yeah. uh, not finding this you know, secondary source of uh, income and exposure because uh, without him, who knows what the Blackhawks become. So Joel Quenville, best, Hawk, best coach in Hawks history, in my opinion, maybe the best coach in Chicago history at this point. Um, just, it was an honor to see him coach. And I know we've been critical of him in the past. We'll be critical of Jeremy Cowden as well, but we're optimistic, uh, moving forward. So with that, want to give you guys a reminder, we are getting close three weeks away exactly from our event at rabid brewing, our puck cancer fundraiser for the family of Meredith Garcia. Meredith lost her battle with cancer back in May, just months after giving birth to lovely twins, leaving my friend Andy behind with three kids and a life that he needs to handle on his own. So we're going to try to raise some money for them. Go to madhousepod.com slash events. That event is at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. Lots of great stuff. Your ticket, $10, is an entry into our grand prize raffle, which is four Blackhawks tickets and a signed Blackhawks jersey. We also have several other $1 raffle items we'll be giving away, including a ball signed by the entire Bulls team, including Fred Hoiberg. Uh, four copies of NHL 19, Blackhawks club-level tickets against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we've got a signed Mitch Trubisky hat, a signed Kyle Ford mini helmet, all kinds of great stuff to win. If you come to Rabbit, chances are you're going to walk away with something at the end of the night. So if, at worst, you're supporting a great cause and having a great time and drinking some of the best beer at Rabbit because Rabbit, when you talk about craft beer, when you talk about the true craft beer experience, that's what you're getting at Rabbit Brewing. They are magicians. They are sorcerers. They are, I, I don't even have a word for what they do. They, the way they craft, they literally craft the beer. Every brewery in the world is, is tr- it's trendy now. They've got, oh, we have an IPA with a crazy name and a crazy label, blah, blah, blah. Rabbit really tries to change your beer drinking experience. Yeah, they've got the juicy IPAs and they've got the, the traditional beer styles, but the stuff that where they really thrive it's those those beers of their own creation. My favorite, I mention it every time, is the Hemogoblin, which is the chocolate blood orange wheat. The Russian Imperial Stout is great as well, but everything there is awesome. The atmosphere at Rabbit is great. You're going to love it. We hope you guys can join us on the 27th. So head on out to Rabbit Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Again, madhousepod.com slash events for info on our event and again uh, madhousepod.com slash sponsors will take you to all of our sponsor pages so with that james and i want to thank you for listening after what's been a busy 24 hours for us we're going to take a break tomorrow unless there's a major damn trade or something and <laughs> no podcast tomorrow we hope you can forgive us but thanks for listening to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast which has been brought to you by triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs call chris 708-478-6090 Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And, of course, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. 
visit madhousepod.com slash events and join us November 27th as the Hawks take on the Golden Knights at our Puck Cancer charity event. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Bodega, 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 alpha and omega. <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sawing about a serving platter. Hey, Jamie. Yes. Uh, did, uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, that one? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Lay, 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 detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports Update was brought to you by Progressive. Drivers who switch to Progressive can save an average of $668. This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hey, it's Rick from upstairs. Yeah, I take it seriously. When I play R&B at one in the morning, that's me saying, hey, I'm here for you. And I enjoy repetitive bass lines. I only use expired batteries in my smoke detectors. Nice, right? Yeah, upstairs neighbors help people forget their troubles. Give them something else to focus on. Ooh, want to see how high I can jump? Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor. No, wait, let me try again. But we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports Update was brought to you by Progressive. Drivers who switch to Progressive can save an average of $668. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.